everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I hope that I'm meeting you well today. I'm recording this on the 9th of July, um, as I'll be busy tomorrow. It'll be my birthday, so I'll be doing some stuff uh, with my family. So I wanted to talk a little bit about tonight about um, kindred formation. As I said, I'd be talking about all week. And we touched on all the main parts earlier in the first portion of this on uh, Monday. But today I want to delve a little bit deeper into some of the mistakes that I made, some of the good ideas that I had maybe, and some of the bad ideas that I had, and so on and so forth. Okay? So the first thing I wanted to tell you is start small. Definitely you want to start um, your kindred with just a few people, like three or four, you know, or three or four couples, making it not many people at all, you know, six or eight people total, um, three or four families with a couple of kids, if that's the case, or, you know, whatever, um, but definitely stay small, I grew really fast, um, not that I wanted to, just the need was here, and people needed that need met, so I ended up growing really fast, and there was a lot of growing pains in the beginning, um, a lot of infighting, a lot of, I want to say backbiting, but not per se that specifically. Um, as your organization gets larger, you'll realize that there are people that believe that they can do things much better than you, that they're better at it than you are, and so on and so forth. And, and that may actually be, I mean, don't get me wrong when I say this, what I'm saying is make sure that core group is there so you're able to do um, the things that you need to make sure that your kindred survives. Um, your kindred being your kindred, um, I don't know how you want to have it that way or not. Um, if you want it to just be a kindred, period. Um, all of that is entirely up to you, but definitely start small first. Um, keep that core group. Keep the, the main people it facilitates two things. First, it facilitates an easy way to do bloats. That's the first thing. Um, with such a small group, it's easy to interact. It's easy to get things done. And if you make a few mistakes at the beginning, nobody really cares. You know, you're just doing what you need to do. It lets you get your um, feet wet, move forward, lets you do the things you need to do to become a better and better and better kindred. The second thing... I'm going to tell you is be very choosy on who you let in from the outside after you have your chosen friends. And I'm not saying being choosy in the part of being a jerk. I, I don't mean it that way. What I mean is be choosy in the sense that um, do your homework on the person. Make sure they are what you believe them to be. Make sure they are um, willing to put forward the work that's needed for the kindred. I mean, if you just get somebody in there who doesn't want to do anything, who has the old um, Christian mindset where I'm going to sit in a pew and watch everything happen around me, and I'll be a member of this free organization and get everything that I want out of it and give nothing to it, there's no reason to be there, you know, in the beginning. Because the beginning is where all the work is done. Um, that person may find a place later, but in the beginning, it's a lot of work. A lot of things going on that you need to be taken care of. Um, the best way I've found to do that is I have actually two, um, Facebook 
groups. The first group encompasses the whole state. So it's like, um, I don't know, the state of Minnesota heathens, okay? So I then have a core group like Central Minnesota, a Satru group, okay? Now the actual Central Minnesota Satru group would be my specific kindred, the group that I'm creating. The other group is for me to see how active people are and how committed people are to doing things. Um, if somebody says, oh, you know, I want this here, I want that there, and they're willing to travel to you to get that done, that's great. That's, that's what you're looking for. Um, if they're not willing to travel and do the things that need to be done for the actual kindred, then there's no reason to even um, have them within the kindred in the beginning. So you can vet them out nicely, easily without a problem. With that said, I'm going to say this, is that you and the people that you're getting into your kindred, and I keep saying your kindred, but you understand what I'm saying. You have the ability to go through those people and really make decisions and even hold it off if that's not what you want. I mean, don't, don't feel bad about that for now. You know, just build what you need to build and then go from there. One of the other things you want to look at that I that I really, really, really messed up on was whether or not you want to charge dues. You know, at first I was like, oh, should we charge dues? And then I was like, no, we shouldn't charge dues. And then as the kindred grew, they wanted us to do more things. The problem is, if there's no money, you can't do anything. <laughs> so um, with that said, I'm not saying charge dues. I like a free kindred. I really enjoy a free kindred um, because it invites more people in. Your services are better, you know, potlucks and everything else are really great. But there is a point where you have to look at it and say that we may have to charge something. Especially if you're a kindred in a big state like, let's say, California, traveling northern and southern California to do different things for different people all over the state. That costs money. I mean, that's the bottom line. I understand that. So um, definitely decide whether or not you're going to charge dues. Um, the positions in your kindred, like in my kindred, we have Chieftain, we have Gothi, we have Runemaster, we have Drytons, we have Seethers, we have Scalds, we have Shield Maidens, we have a Valkyrie, we have a Kindred Mother, um, Volva, I mean, everything is represented in there that would have been within a clan. You don't have to be that eccentric, you don't have to be that specific, you don't have to be that um, total. Um, if you just want a chieftain and a vulva or a chieftain and a gothi and everybody else is just members of the kindred, that's fine as well. So with that said, you just decide what you want to do and how you want to do it and where you're going to go from there. So, um, positions though, like I said, you know, they each have their own specific piece that goes along with them, you know, and uh, do your homework on them and see if this is what you're looking at having um, for your kindred. Uh, let's see, what else? Just have fun. That That's the big thing. I mean, it got really serious on me for a while, and I had to step back and reevaluate it and, you know, determine whether or not 
I was doing it for me or everybody else or what I was doing it for and why I was doing it. And I, I just wanted to have fun doing it. You know, like this podcast is really fun for me to do because I get to share my knowledge. Uh, you know, I put stuff out there. I get to tell you where I've gone wrong, what I've done right, um, where I've made mistakes you know, and the nice part about the whole thing is, is that I'm able to go ahead and just have fun with it. Just be part of a nice, something that's relaxing and enjoyable, something I want to do that I'm going to do anyway, and then just bring other people in that I care about. So with that said, definitely take your time and have fun with it. I mean, just Make it something you want to do. I mean, I, I really love doing bloats after a while, and I love doing some bolts. And nothing delights me more than seeing one of my kindred members talk about something that they've done great and hearing everybody hail them for it. I love that because you know in their mind they're feeling good because they've accomplished something, and they're telling their friends, their closest people about it, basically their family, within that kindred about it and we're all enjoying in that triumph or that milestone that they've created for themselves so definitely you know make it fun for yourself and make it great and make it unique and everything else um accoutrements for your altar you know i'll talk about those a little bit i mean you can go crazy and spend a fortune. Here's where I did something right, actually. I um, I didn't spend a fortune on my altarpieces. I already owned a horn, obviously, um, because I'm heathen. <laughs> you know, so I already owned a horn. I actually owned two. Um, I needed a hammer for my altar. So I actually just took a block of two by four, drilled the hole in it, and put a dowel in the way and made a hammer. You know, it's a bigger dowel. Represent the hammer. That's all I had. You know, it worked out for many, many, many moons until a member of the kindred that I have uh, is actually works with metal and he created a beautiful metal Thor's hammer for me. And it's just incredible. It's just beautiful. Um, an altar uh, sacrifice bowl, like a, like an actual bowl to put the sacrifice in. We got at the thrift store for 50 cents. It was a wooden bowl that I went ahead and I carved the Vegvasir into and then we burned it in there with a with a wood-burning tool, which I already had. So, I mean, it was nice. It was really cheap. It was really inexpensive to do. Um, my knife that's on there, I had already. I just put a knife on there. I had a little brass bell I put on there, and I had that. And candles from Walmart or the dollar store. I mean, just a plain white candle on there. And I made little carvings out of oak of all the gods to put on there, and so I have little carvings of the gods and stuff, and then some little stones that I painted to represent certain gods and things like that. So I went very cheap, but in all honesty, it made a really nice altar. You know, later on, as I peruse some thrift stores, I might see a brass bowl I like, and I'll pick that up, or you know, a golden-looking this. I actually got a wooden chalice now, which is really nice, and but all from thrift stores. I mean, you can go all out and spend a fortune, but you're not going to have to. I mean, you could just easily get the stuff you want at thrift stores and buy the things you want at thrift stores and be able to go ahead and get them there and get them cheaply and 
you know, be able to have what you want. So, yeah. Let's see, what's the next part? And then, as far as the altar outside goes, I actually just take a table outside with me for outside bloats. Just one of those folding plastic ones. Drape a white cloth over it. Build my altar on top of that and have the meeting. Um, one of the best things I was gifted was an actual ram's horn that you can blow into and actually um, make the blow the horn for the the actual bloat. Um, it's really cool. So somebody gifted me one of those, and it was a really good gift that they gave me, and I was really pleased with that and accepted it humbly. But it was a nice gift. So. And they wanted it for my altar. Um, of course, you know, other accoutrements like uh, runes you can make, um, different things like that. So, you know, you, you don't have to spend a lot. So what I was going to say is just, you know, don't spend very much. Um, as time goes on, you'll get more and more stuff, and people in your kindred will either donate stuff to you or um, you'll find ways of getting in. And if you're collecting dues, you can buy different accoutrements you'd want. Um, so it makes it nice that way. Um, but my holiday calendar, you know, I, I try to make it that we can meet once a month. I mean, that's, that's a really big thing. Meeting once a month, um, with the whole kindred and, um, making sure each of them have contact with each other once a month. Um, it's really important. The noise you're hearing, I, I have to apologize. I'm actually in my car. Um, one of the good things I love about, um, Anchor is that you're able to go ahead and do a podcast directly from your vehicle. It's really cool. I mean, I, I can't say it any better than that. So I'm really pleased with it. But with that said, I'm sorry for the noise. So yeah. So where was it now? Give me a second. Yeah. Once a month, have them meet with each other. Um, it builds a strong bond, you know, especially sharing food together, sitting together, Bloating together, give everybody an opportunity to say something in each of the bloats. Um, if they have a specific job, make sure that they say something in each of the bloats. I mean, like if someone wants to be the Drayton, don't just let them sit there and say, oh, I'm the Drayton and I don't do anything. They have to hallow that hall. That's their job. You know, in, in my kindred, the Drayton hallows the hall. The young warriors that are coming up in age will have to hallow the hall because they're a warrior. That's their job to protect the kindred and keep us safe, whether it be spiritually or physically. So they need to hallow that hall. So that's the way that that goes with my kindred. Um, Valkyrie is the young ladies coming up in age. They're Valkyries. They pass that horn. They bring that horn around from one person to the other with reverence and show that that sacrifice is exactly what it is, a sacrifice and means something to us. So, you know, those things, though, include everyone, and in including everyone, you build camaraderie. So, that's really important. Um, let's see, what else do I want to tell you? Your year, your first year is your biggest hurdle. Within six months, I can almost guarantee you're going to have some kind of infighting or some kind of backbiting where people are going to want to leave. You're going to lose a good amount of people. If you stick with it, you'll build back up. Um, and sometimes it's the closest people. I'll be honest with you, man. Sometimes it's really the closest people that you would never thought of that are going to be the ones that leave because of blank or blank or blank, you know? So I can't say that, you know, I've been really lucky with the people that I do have in my kindred. Um, we're very tight knit. 
Um, we do have our problems, don't get me wrong, and I won't get into all those, but um, we're very tight-knit, and we have a good time, and we do the things we want to do, and we venerate the gods, and we go off on our own ways, and yeah, we have problems here and there, but for the most part, we get along just fine, and we do care about each other. That's the important piece. Um, if you're going to be the Gothi, prepare for a lot of work. There's a lot of work in being a Gothi. If you're going to be the Dryden, prepare for work with the Gothi. If you're going to be the Rune Master, prepare for work with the Dryden and the Gothi and the Chieftain. I mean, when I say it's a lot of work, I don't mean it's like, you know, pounding eight hours a day or 12 hours a day. It's not like that. But it will become work sometimes with the other things you have. I mean, like, we all have real lives. We all have children. We all have other stuff going on. This will hopefully become part of your day, but it will take some of your day away. Um, your meditation, your reading, your learning, your building bloats, your making um, rites and rituals. Um, if somebody needs something, you're going to have to go attend to them and things like that. So just be prepared for it. Um, it's not lightly done. Um, and always, always, always keep anonymity. I can't stress that more than enough. If someone comes to you and shares with you that they have a drug addiction or something like that, you don't want to spread that through the whole kindred. Um, that's not something you want to do. We are all responsible for our brothers and sisters or whatever you want to call each other, our kinsmen. Um, I have a friend who's very against calling ourselves brothers and sisters. It's more like a Christian term, and I get that. Um, but our kinfolk, you know, the people in our kindred, um, in our Hof, we have a duty to them to keep some of the stuff that they share with us private. Now, there is times when they'll say something like, oh, you know, I'm having a problem with blank. And I'll say to them, okay, well, would it be okay if I tell so-and-so and they begin to help you through this as like a coach or a companion, you know, and they may say no. I don't want that, you know, or, okay, or, yeah, that's fine. Um, just make sure they understand that's the only person you're going to share that with, and you're going to be very adamant about them not sharing it with anybody else. So that's the important piece there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think the last piece I'm going to say is definitely take time for yourself and your own spirituality. One of the things I had to do was take time for me specifically. Um, my meditation, my time with the gods and my ancestors had to be my time. Um, I have a great woman in our kindred. <clears throat> she is our Vitki. She is always wanting to come with me to meditate to the places that I do that. And as much as I'd love to bring her along... I cannot because it is my place. It is my specific time for me to be with the gods, to be with my ancestors, to be with the people that I need to talk to, commune with, and venerate so that I can help those around me in my community. So definitely understand that your time is your time and you have to take some of that. Um, you have to meditate. You have to do the things you can do. You have to take the time to walk your own spiritual path before you can tell everybody else how to walk theirs. That's, that's the big thing. 
And I don't mean to say it so abruptly or rough, but really, I mean, if you don't know where the path of yourself is leading and you've not learned how to venerate the gods, how are you going to teach somebody else to do so? You know, <clears throat> and remember that Gothis and chieftains don't know everything. I mean, I don't know everything there is to know about Asatru. I, I, it's not a lifelong study of mine yet. It's not something that I've, you know, I mean, like Jackson Crawford. I mean, even he's learning stuff new every day. Nobody can know everything. It's just an impossibility. But what I do know, I will share. And what I do know is that there are times when people come to me with questions that need to be answered only by them seeking the gods or seeking their ancestors. So nine times out of ten, somebody comes to me and says, hey, you know, I have this problem, blank. You know, or, oh, hey, I had this dream. Can you tell me what it means? And my first question to them is always, well, you know, what, what did it mean to you? You know, what did the ancestors tell you about this dream or about this problem? And what have the gods told you about this problem or dream you're having? And most people, you know, they right away say, well, I, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I say, well, you know, go seek the gods and go seek your ancestors. And when you receive an answer from them, come back and talk to me. And then we could talk more on it. And then we'll go from there. You know, and they, they right away get mad at me at first, and then they realize what I'm doing is I'm causing them to be heathen. <laughs> so that's the best way I can describe it. So um, it's a rough path. Let's just say that as a go the or chieftain, it's rough. Um, sometimes you say things that people don't want to hear. Uh, sometimes they expect you to have an instantaneous answer. One of the biggest things I've been doing lately is when people ask me questions about stories like, hey, you know, did Thor really have gloves that he needed to wear to pick up the Molnir? I'll say, I, I don't know. Where, where'd that come from? Where'd you hear that from? Oh, my, my, my Uncle Bob told me it. Oh, okay. Where'd Uncle Bob hear that? Well, I don't know. Have you looked the story up? Well, no, I just decided to ask you. I was like, oh, I don't know. Look up the story and you tell me. How about you get back to me? And they're just like, oh, okay. So it makes them look up the story, makes them read about it, you know, makes them look things up. We live in the modern age here as heathens where we can look everything up on a computer and get an instantaneous answer. But sometimes those instantaneous answers are not right. You know, I mean, something easy like this Thor have to wear gloves to pick up the Molnir is one thing. It's another thing to say, you know, uh, who was Thor's father or who was Thor's mother and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And uh, did he have any brothers? Did he have this? And what's their relationship? You know, those are things you have to learn on your own. Or if you type in, how do I venerate the, the Norse gods? Well, you know, everyone's done differently and everybody has their own way of doing it. So it's, it's certain things you have to learn on your own. So the modern age is great sometimes, but sometimes it's really crappy. Okay, guys, with that said, I'm going to take a break here for a minute and um, gather some thoughts and come back and speak with you a little bit more. Uh, I want to thank you for listening today. This is a little long one, and I apologize for it. Uh, but I'll be right back. I'll see you in a moment. Hey, guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen. 
how are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Cars everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small D poles of five to six inches for $40. Seven to eight inches for $45. Nine to 10 for 50. And 11 to 12 for 60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hamdal, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Scotty, Sif, Air, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch and carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, Joe here with the Modern Human Man, and I'm back, and I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, listen to this podcast today. You know, I've covered almost everything. Um, I definitely want to reiterate a couple pieces, though. Definitely have fun in what you're doing. Fun in the sense that make it enjoyable for you, make it something you want to do. Once it becomes work, we don't want to do it anymore. The second thing I want to reiterate is definitely take time for yourself. Take time for your path. Take time to learn, meditate, and do the things that you need to do to keep you going um, along the path that you're on properly. Um, You'll gain a lot of friends in heathenry. You'll gain a lot of enemies in heathenry. We all have both of those. Um, We all know there's certain people that do certain things and believe a certain way. And there's certain people that don't believe and we believe a different way. And we're always at odds with each other. So... um, Unfortunately, I wish it was not that way. I wish we could get together and really just move past all of that, but there's no way we can. So with that said, I I definitely want to tell you guys to, uh, you know, just have fun at it. I mean, if it becomes work, it becomes hard to do. Remember, there'll be times when you'll feel attacked, but you're not really attacked. It's them attacking something they don't like or they're in fear of you doing. Um, I mean, like, I'm always getting attacked on web pages I'm on and stuff because of my stance on modern heathenry and how I believe that heathenry is for everyone and how you don't have to be of Germanic descent to enjoy heathenry. Now, I do believe that there's people that believe in that and that's the way they choose to believe and that's fine as long as it doesn't begin to harm or hurt anyone else. That's the only thing I asked, you know, and that's where I am with that. I mean, let you believe what you want to believe. Let live 
let live, let live, let live, let live, until you start hurting people, then there's a problem that we have to deal with. But with that said, that's one thing you'll face here in modern heathenry, um, depending on what type of um, kindred you form. You'll always have to make sure that people understand what type of kindred you are. Um, if you are a tribalist or you are a uh, folkish, it's entirely up to you, again. But know that you should let people know that that's what you are, that you are not a universalist kindred um, right off the bat and keep you know, those people so that they can choose, make a better choice for themselves. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And it keeps you out of trouble and it keeps you from having fights with people and so on and so forth. And, you know, you guys get what I'm saying, I'm sure. So with that said, guys, I'm going to sign off here. Today is my birthday, as I said. I'm going to go venerate some gods um, and do some stuff. I'm traveling for my birthday, so um, send me all the good thoughts you can for my travels. And uh, I will talk to you guys the 11th, the day after my birthday. And... Again, I want to thank you all for making my podcast successful. Um, I've really enjoyed this podcast. I've enjoyed sharing with you all. So I appreciate the time that you take to listen to what I have to say, and I hope I'm helping somebody. So thank you all very much, and have a uh, wonderful day. Goodbye. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items helps support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. We'll find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day.